Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Hello and welcome to the Down at Third Man podcast. We're into week 11, we've made it to episode 11, we've managed something that, let's be honest, a lot of Saturday and Sunday sides struggle with. We've got a full 11 and we're back for yet another great episode, or at least we hope it's going to be. As always, just before we get started, just like to say a big thank you to Woodstock for their continued support. Just a couple of weeks now to go till the beginning of the season, so make sure you get your kit ordered with them so they can get it over to you in time for that first week of the season. Make sure you use our discount code, because we don't want you missing out. We don't want you spending more than you have to, so you can get yourself 25% off for our discount code. Remember, just have a look on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, and you'll see the little graphic that tells you what our discount code is. Right then, tonight, at the moment with me, I only have one of the deadly duo. Um, I think Jono's celebrating Chantal's new job, so congratulations to Chantal. Um, But So Jono might join us partway through, but we have got Ginger Aid himself. How are we, Delalo? I'm all right, mate. Now I've just finished my little sneezing fit. (laughs) That's always good. Been apologising to some clubs this week, I hear. No, never do that, mate. Don't do that. (laughs) We'll talk about the kids. I mean, Norton and Ailes later. Um, And then with us, we've got a special guest tonight. We're going to try and almost preview the IPL, but might be a bit of a beginner's guide, because I think me and Aid will be honest, although we watch it, we're not particularly uh, in-depth experts, but we have fortunately got with us an in-depth expert, and that is the cricket badger himself, Mr. Podcast, and that is James Butler. How are we, James? I'm good, Ash. I'm good, and it makes a change, this, doesn't it? Because you're usually on my podcast, and uh, I'm now listening to you doing intros and stuff, and with you and eight. So I'm, yeah, looking forward to tonight. Yeah, I haven't messed it up yet, which is a miracle yeah, in itself. Down at the, what did you say last week? I said just down at man last week, down so what help us. So, for anyone who doesn't know, James runs the Cricket Badger podcast, and obviously the accounts that go with it on social media. I think it's fair to say the Cricket Badger podcast must be in sort of the top five podcasts around the world. Was it number one in Sri Lanka, was it, the other week? I'll tell you what, it's, it's been in number one in countries I've never heard of um, and certainly <laughs> never been to. Um, but it's great isn't it? when you when you put something out there, you put, I mean, you, you know now about editing it and all the time you have to put into doing it, getting your guests on and everything, setting it all up. And when, you, um, when you're doing a daily one and you know people in parts of the world all over the place are listening, it's always good. Yeah, I mean, we were what were we laughing at the other week was it Nepal were listening to as one person in Nepal. I mean, God help them listening to what happened, what the goings are, going ons are in Stoke on Trent. They must be completely lost, but fair play to them. So, obviously, the whole point of getting James on today is to talk about the IPL. Obviously, it starts next Thursday, uh, Friday. Sorry, I should say, shouldn't I? It starts next Friday. Uh, big game as well to start it off, which will be interesting. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get into sort of the in-depth stuff, looking at the teams, why is it that we think the IPL is sort of the biggest in the world, James? What What is it about the IPL that makes it so special, would we say? I think there's a few ingredients in that. And the, the, the fact they got there first, um, if you go back in time, the ECB at the time were trying to set themselves up with Alan Stanford in the West Indies and trying to get those million dollars that were flown into the Lords on a crate. Um, and that all went horribly wrong um, for Alan Stanford and for the ECB, really. Alan Stanford ended up in prison. Um, and whilst all that was going on, the BCCI in India were setting up the IPL. 
And obviously with 1.4 billion people in India, plus a expats all over the world who are all basically cricket mad, they haven't got um, the Premier League football or anything there. They obviously watch ours, but cricket is their first sport. So they've got a bit of a head start like that, haven't they? That they can set up eight franchises and, and get it all kicking and, and, and singing and dancing with a bit of razzmatazz. Um, all of their cricket heroes, the Rohit Sharmas and Virat Kohlis, or back in the day, the Sachin Tendulkers. And it, uh, it works rather well for them. Um, obviously, COVID is going to play a little bit of a part this time, all on neutral grounds and slightly different kind of feel to it. But it's better than last year. It was delayed to the autumn last year in the United Arab Emirates. Um, so that was kind of a bit more adrift. I think the Indian public felt a bit further away from it last year. But now it's back in India, even though they can't go. It's just down the road. Yeah, I think it's good and today it returns to India. I know, as you say, the crowds aren't going to be there, but it just seems a bit more right. It seems a bit weird, I think, playing playing in other countries. A bit like Liverpool playing a home game in Istanbul was utterly bizarre. It it had been much better even if it was just at Anfield. Is that empty, so. Well, yeah, they may claim so, to be fair, but <laughs> they've got a good record there, if nothing yeah. else. So, obviously, I think quite a lot of... English fans, I think it's a split. I think half of people love to watch it. Um, and I'm sure me and Aid will watch as much of it as we can physically manage in between work and stuff. But obviously, work. quite, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're back with it now. You're not feeling life, you know. Um, but I guess a lot of other people are maybe a bit against it, the old pyjama cricket. But why would you suggest that, to, especially to like the North Staff lads who, who are listening, why, why should they give it a go and give it a listen? Or um, I just think if you like cricket, um, you're missing out if you don't watch it. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive traditionalist, as you know. I love Test cricket. Um, I follow Test cricket all the way around the world, but it doesn't put me off following the T10 leagues, the T20 leagues, whatever else is going on. If it's cricket, I'll watch it, apart from the 100, but that's another story. That's a whole new another podcast. <laughs> um, but the I think the, the IPL... Is just like I say, it's the the first big one. England invent everything, don't they? And then they pass it on to everybody else and they take it on and make it better. But uh, the IPL has got such amount of money behind it. I mean, that's I think puts some people off the fact it's such big cash and they they think that all these people are going there to be mercenary. But let's face it, if somebody offered us 500,000 pounds to go and um, be in India for six weeks, we'd take it to play a bit of cricket. But it's it's just just the fact that you've got all of these um, franchises with some of the biggest names in world cricket including a lot of English um, players in it this year and last year. Um, ben Stokes, Joss Butler, Chris Wokes, Sam Curran c- could carry on for hours to reeling off the, the English names. Um, but sitting in a dressing room next to Virat Kohli, sitting in the dressing room next to Chris Gale, um, I just I just really love that kind of dynamic and the fact that you get eight teams. And I think if it's it's like anything, if you don't pay enough attention and you just dismiss it, it just becomes something you're not bothered about. If you actually give it a bit of intention, you start to invest yourself into it, like you did with the big bash over the um, over the winter. You start to actually get in a bit of an allegiance to certain teams. You kind of pick up on your favourite players, and you end up going back every every day to watch a bit more. Yeah, I think that's it. I think big bash. I've I've grown to watch it more and more. And then, as you say, this year invested by getting involved in the cricket badger dailies, and I would. I, don't think I missed many, if any, games. If I wasn't watching them, I was making sure I was listening to them. And I think I'd imagine it'll be the same with the IPL. And I think, as you say, it's just I understand people's sort of I don't know what the, I can't think of the word sort of prejudice towards it. But 
it's a bit snob- time, it's, like, it's like it's like snobbery isn't it you know it's kind yeah. of like you know it doesn't quite fit into my view of how cricket should be so i'm just going to completely dismiss it and call it rubbish but i, I don't think it's that simple really and the, the world's changing and you're never going to get rid of t20 franchise cricket you're never going to get rid of that shorter form game because that's what brings the cash in and ultimately as much as we hate to think it you know we, we think cricket's the first and foremost and everybody should be just playing for the love of the game but ultimately it's the, it's money makes the world goes go around these days and the, and the ipl brings in the cash Ah, money makes the world go round in the North Staffs League too, <laughs> don't it, dude? Well, that's been mentioned on too many podcasts of ours. Right now, I think it's time we have a little look at, at the sides because I'm sure quite, quite a few locals will probably know bits and bobs. And I think, obviously, I'm sure the few in, uh, listeners that we have over in India will definitely know all these teams, but I think quite a few, few won't as well. So I think it'll be interesting to talk about them. I'm going to go in alphabetical order just to make my life easier so I know what on earth I'm going on about. You see, you're going to do this. And I did a preview earlier on today with a few people you know. And I said, right, I'm going to start with alphabetical order. And I chose Delhi Capitals to be my first team. You're going to tell me why that's the wrong choice now, eh? Well, I was going to go with Chennai Super Kings because I think C comes before D. But I could I think, be. I think, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the Chennai Super Kings, the second the most successful. Well, the OAP side, yeah. The second most successful team in the IPL ever, but last year finished seventh. And I think, to be honest, in the end, they were almost lucky to finish seventh. But they're well known for obviously Dhoni. And as Ada said, the veterans, they've got Rayner, they've got Faf, they've got Imran Tahir, Dwayne Bravo, plenty of old names. But they have got a couple of English lads in there as well. What, what, based on last year, sort of looking ahead at the, looking at the additions they've made, what, what, what are we thinking of Chennai to? this year i I think i mean first thing is that they they did the auction in february where teams could have a bit of a fiddle they could get rid of a few players and then spend the cash on bringing a few replacements in and a lot of teams did that and it was about two weeks later the um, bcci announced that every game was going to be played on a neutral venue now csk have had a lot of success at their home ground which is a a slow turner basically they bought a lot of spinners um, and they've had a lot of success in the IPL, as you mentioned, second most successful side. So at the IPL, they brought in Moen Ali, um, they brought in uh, Chetishwar Pajara because he was going to be good on the low, slow tracking at Chipak. And um, so they kind of built up their um, strengths a little bit, thinking, right, home dominance is going to be where it's at. And then got told a couple of weeks later that every game is going to be on a neutral venue and then they're going to go where near, nowhere near their home ground. So I'm not quite sure the money they've spent has gone exactly how they wanted it. But obviously Moen Ali, as I mentioned, there. Sam Curran's there as well um, from an English side of things. MS Dhoni's probably the most high profile. He, despite Virat Kohli's efforts and everything, MSD is still, I think, the much, most loved um, Indian cricketer behind um, Sachin Tendulkar. Um, so they've got a massive support CSK, um, but last year it was the first year that they've not made the playoffs, uh, and they're looking to bounce back. But I'm not quite sure this is their year. I think they might have to wait another year because they'll get a major auction next time. There'll be a massive reshuffle where the auction lasts for two days, and you lose interest after about two hours, and you read the paper the following day to find out what's going on. But um, I think CSK it might be just another year too early for them. They're cruising dad's army because they're getting a bit older. And I think they might have to wait to get a few fresh legs. Yeah, I, I think I can't just can't see them improving enough, as you say. I mean, Sam Curran was the star last year. Do we think he's going to be their star this year, or is there is there a new name to come out? I know I know Pajara was a 
was was looking good in, in nets actually the other day, but I, well, I don't think he's going to be the star. And I was like, most of them he's been caught on the boundary. There was no but, way they were going for big sixes. <laughs> well, don't, don't you think, Age? You, you see, I, I saw that before Hardik Pandya started playing in the one-day series against England. And you watch him in the nets and you're thinking, blimey, he's hitting that miles. But when you actually analyse it, some blokes just dollying apart volleys and he's cracking it for... I mean, we could all do that. It's when you get a proper bowler coming up against you, oh. and it's short outside the off stump, and you're yeah, wafting your bat at him, missing it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I mean, I mean, Cheshwar Pajara is a really good player. He's got quite a good record in one day cricket. Whether he'll get too many games for CSK, I don't know. But you've set me up with Sam Sam Curran, haven't you? Because I've made a mm-hmm. a point on the podcast that I don't think he'd be in if you if you got England at full strength in all three formats, he wouldn't be in my team in any of them. He'd just be outside because I think he's a very good cricketer. I don't think he's quite. In the England's first eleven, CSK rate him really highly. MSD loves him, um, and he got gradually further up their order as they they were rubbish last year. So you may see him going in quite early, and obviously he got that big knock for England. So he's kind of done his credentials no harm just before the IPL. But I just yeah, I just don't think. I mean, he was he was the star of CSK last year, um, but they were really him and uh, Gagquad, the young Indian at the top of the order. They're the only two that came out with any credit. Yeah, he, although he was the star, he didn't he didn't have much competition, I guess, as the is the the cruel but true way to look at it with him. Uh, so where where do we think then? If we have to put a, a number from one trait, where are we ranking sort of the super kings amongst amongst the eight now? I I think they're going to do slightly better than they did last year. Stephen Fleming's a very clever head coach. Um, he knows his stuff, and I think they'll have learnt from the neutral venues in the UAE. So I don't think they'll finish as low as seventh, but I'm not going to put them in the playoffs. I think they'll probably just finish outside. I'll give them sixth. Ooh. I think Ooh. that was good. Stuff. Stuff. No, I was going to say, that's what I'd got. <laughs> not qualifying. That's what I'm saying anyway. Dad's, yeah, Dad's army isn't isn't making it in the top four. Tony's <laughs> Dad's army. Next up is, is according to, to James, is the first in the alphabet, but that is Dali Capitals. Now they I've got, got, got Sunrise's Iron Band next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dali Capitals came second last year. Really, well, I'll be honest, I. I was really backing them to maybe be the dark horse in the final and and pull off a, a super show because I, I just really liked Rabada and Nokia, but it just wasn't wasn't to be in the end. Obviously, they've they've added Billions and Coven, two English lads this year. I don't know how much those two will necessarily play. They've got Wokes obviously as as well in their side who didn't play last year, but they, they've got they've got a lot of of big names. They've they've had Vishab Pant now as the captain with. Treyas I being out injured. Do do we think the Capitals can do as well as last year, or can they even push push on and be finally get that win? They, they could do. I don't think they will win it, but I think they're going to be there or thereabouts again. Um, Treyas I is a big miss because he's the been the captain for the last few years. They had the rebrand a couple of years ago, and it seems to have changed their fortunes. Changing your name seems to make you play better. Uh, finished third in 2019, second in 2020. Um, Rishabh Pant's interesting, isn't he? I mean, we we um, have loved him on the Cricket Budget podcast over the last couple of months, watching him play in all of the three formats for India. And he's coming into this IPL with with huge confidence and obviously a lot of talent. And I just wondered if it was the right time to give him the captaincy. You know, temptation for me would have been to just say, go out there, Rishabh, and just do what you do best and, and smack the ball as far as you can. Um, but he has captained in the past, and sometimes giving somebody the captaincy actually just makes them play even better, doesn't it? And he, he might be one of those because he is a, um, you know, energetic, enthusiastic individual. There's a lot of experience in that side as well. We saw Ravi Ashwin in the Test series against England destroyers, 
basically um, in India. Shikhar Darwin um, is really experienced. So is Ajinkya Rahani. You've mentioned some of the English lads over there as well. I don't think they're going to play too much. But the interesting one, Steve Smith, who was the captain of Rajasthan Royals last year, um, and he's gone for qu- quite cheap money um, in the auction. Rajasthan released him, and he's been picked up purely as a batsman for um, for Delhi. I think he goes um, to to the IPL with a little bit of a point to prove after a bit slightly disappointing season last year. So it's going to be interesting watching him. Um, Tom Curran has gone down in my estimations no end over the last few months. Um, and they, he was their biggest purchase at the auction. I'm not quite sure they'll be wishing they'd done that now because he's certainly not in, in the best of form. Sam Billings has got a slight injury doubt, but we know he can finish games as well. But whether he gets into their top four overseas, I'm not so sure either. But I think Delhi Capital's got a real chance. Um, and I'm going to stick them. In third. Oh, he's got the same as me. <laughs> yeah. It's as if you might know what you're on about, dude. That's the concerning thing here. I think it might just be good guesses, I think. Yeah. Just a quick one for me. I'd really, really, I don't know if he will play much. Probably not, if, if I'm honest, looking at the lineup. But I would love to see Chris Wokes play plenty in this IPL. Because for me, he's a real good outside bet for, for make that World Cup squad as someone who can really bowl those power play overs and those middle overs that I think we're now or we seem to be missing or seem to have been missing since probably I guess you're looking at Plunkett maybe and also since Tom Curran seems to have fell off a cliff basically he doesn't yeah, I mean, seem it, to play that much 2020 cricket though does he really and, he, and he's, he's, his record overseas isn't fantastic is it? and if you look at the Delhi team you're probably looking, well, you're certainly, well, I mean, you might play in the early games because I think Kahisa Rabada and Henrik Norkia arrived to the IPL a little bit late, so they missed the first few games. That might be Wokes' chance to just kind of show his worth and, and, and make his case for later selection. But if you're looking at their strongest 11, you've got Norkia and Rabada. Rabada got the purple cap last year and bowled brilliantly and gets loads of, gets loads of wickets at the death. You've got their spinners in Axel Patel and, uh, and Ravi Ashwin, who we've seen in, in Indian colours, know how good they can be. And then you've got the all-round talents of uh, somebody like Marcus Stoinis. So they're probably the five main bowlers in that uh, Delhi side. So he kind of, if you're not one of those, you've got Amashir Dav coming back into that setup as well. And obviously with four overseas, that's one of the key things with this IPL. You can you can read a, a squad list that's got you know eight fantastic overseas players. They can only play four of them. Um, so you've got to kind of pick your 11 with the balance right to get your batting overseas in and your bowling overseas in and yeah, maybe have to disappoint a few and maybe the English lads at Delhi might be more disappointed than playing. Yeah. Is Smith, please? Um, I, I think um, the, one of the reasons they made Rishabh Pant captain was because they didn't want to give it to Steve Smith because he was obviously one of the other candidates for it. And if you give him the captaincy, you, you have to play him. And there's one of your four overseas picks straight away, gone. Because he, you know, you got to play your skipper, um, and I think the reason they haven't given it to him is because he's not a definite starter. But with Shreyas Iyer out, then that might change that a little bit because Shreyas Iyer is kind of like your gluey. I mean, kind of when you say he's the kind of the core of the kind of batting, it makes him sound a little bit boring. But you know, it's like you kind of knock it around at more like 120 rather than 160 runs, runs per hundred balls. And that's the that's the role that Steve Smith might play in Shreyas Iyer's stead. So that might just change their selection policy. So he may get a few more games than he might have done. Because if Rahane plays, then you're probably going to go Hetmeyer because he's the one that can get get on with it a bit more, can't he? Absolutely. I mean, and if you got the choice between Rahane and Smith, and you're thinking they're both about the same, mm. you play Rahane because then you can pick another yeah, overseas somewhere else. Season, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Right, next up is KKR, which I know is going to be AIDS uh, Dark Horses, the Calcutta Knight Riders. Now, speaking of teams that are stacked with a great bunch of overseas, obviously Owen Morgan's the captain, so he's nailed on. And then you've got Dre Russ, Son on the Rhine, Pat Cummins, Lockie Ferguson, Shakib Alassane, Ben Cutting. I mean, how, how do you... How do you decide what four you're going to pick? I think they almost messed up last year by not picking Lockie Ferguson because he was a backup, and then he ended up probably being being the best bowler for me in the end for probably the back half of that season. So where do you think the KKR go from here? Obviously, they've got the best. Well, they've got one of the best captains in the world. Everyone's going to bat, bat Morgan. I can't believe that. For me, I can't believe that they won't make the playoffs this year, but. I think they're a really interesting headache when it comes to team selection. I mean, one of the points to make as well before we get onto that is that it's Dinesh Kartik's side and he's the new English fans' favourite, isn't he? Because he was fantastic yes, on true. the commentary. Um, so I think a lot of people will be watching him a little bit to see how he can play after watching him doing this commentary stint. But you're right. I mean, you look at that. I mean, if, if Andre Russell, Dre Russ, Russ the Muscle, whatever you're going to call him, um, is uh, is fully fit and firing, then he starts. He's your number one name on the team sheet. Two years ago in the IPL, he got the MVP. He's won that twice. He, he scored 510 runs at over 200 strike rate. And that's something like 300 runs more than anybody else that's uh, gone along at such, you know, over 200 strike rate. He was winning games from ridiculous, you know, games that were long dead. He was coming out and hitting sort of 24 every over and winning them. Um, so he is absolutely huge for them. If he fires, they can go or anything can happen to KKR if he's if he's on song. Um, but obviously, Owen Morgan takes a spot. So if you're giving another one to Andre Russell, Pat Cummings is the, one of the most expensive players that's ever been brought in for um, the IPL. So if you put him on the bench, that's kind of money down the drain. So you've got to play him. And he's also one of the best bowlers around, isn't he, if he's on, if he's on form. But then you've got, the, I mean, Shakib Alassane was bought at the auction. And you're thinking, where does he fit? Because he is a really good one-day player. He provides you overs and he can score runs. But I can't see how he gets into that side. So, and Sunil Nareen, he's got a long and quite proud record in T20s and the IPL particularly, but he lost his action last year. He has opened for them to quite a lot of success, but they seem to have ditched that plan now. So, it is going to be really interesting to see. And we haven't mentioned Lockie Ferguson either. So, um, but Andre Russell definitely starts. Nitish Rana apparently went down with COVID this morning. So, that's something that's a bit of concern for not just the KKR, but for the tournament as well, because obviously there's a little bit of a spike in, in India. Um, and obviously the last thing that the uh, BCCI want to do is to try and postpone it or to try and move it at this stage. So they'll be hoping the bio bubble stay as secure as possible. But it's going to be really interesting because KKR have been really inconsistent um, down the years. They finished fifth in the last uh, two editions. So they've just missed out on the playoffs um, the last twice that they've played. They won the competition in 2012 and 2014. Uh, but those dates are getting quite a long way away now and they're, quite a proud franchise and they want to get some success again. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, going to be really interesting to see how they get on. You're going to ask me where they finish in a second, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be interested because I think AIDS probably got these down in second is my guess. I didn't, I didn't I... think that far ahead, mate, but... Well, I've got them to be fifth. Ooh, just miss out again. Yeah. I'd be cruel, but I, I can... 
I can see it just because I can't. I still can't decide what on earth team they play. Never mind where they finish. Well, I'll, t- Next, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you, Ash. Before you move on, the um, one, one of the things Scott directing your podcast. Uh, one of the things that um, happened last year because in neutral venues, every it got you know the whole tournament kind of condensed. Everybody got a lot closer together, apart from Mumbai Indians who were head and shoulders above everybody else. All of the other teams going into the like, the last two rounds were still able to qualify. And the points at the end of the season were, I think there's about four points separated seventh from third or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, and we were on neutral venues again, so we might get a very close tournament again where we get the likes of KKR and RCB and stuff all in the mix come the last game, which will be quite exciting. Yeah, that's what we want. A bit like the Big Bash. Keep it, keep it get going and keep it as close as possible. Always good. Next up is, of course, the most successful team, your favourite team as well, and that is... The Mumbai Indians, obviously, everyone knows, led by Rohit Sharma. They've got Kyron Pollard. They've got Quinton de Kock. They've got themselves uh, Jasprit Bummer as well. And then, as the English commentators would say, they've got the young guns Ishan Kishan, Sky, and the Pandyas. Obviously, to people who actually know or do the research on cricket, we wouldn't necessarily say Sky or either the Pandyas are particularly young guns, but they are big names and they've added... A couple of, I think we'd say maybe squad players on, sort of Jimmy Neesham, Adam Milne to, to back up probably Trent Bolt, you would expect. And they've also signed Arjun Tendulkar, which feels like more of a signing just to keep Dad happy, but an interesting one nonetheless. If, you, if you're going to keep anybody happy in Indian cricket, you might as well keep Satin happy. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, I think you're right, the signings they brought in, um, probably would make some of the other teams, but I think they'll be on the bench. But it kind of shows you, Mahela Jai Wardner, he's a really astute guy. Um, he's passionate about his cricket. He thinks really hard. He's one of the key reasons why they've had uh, the recent success they have had. And the uh, likes of Nathan Coulton, Isle, Adam Milne, um, Pius Chawl has come back in, um, James Neesham. And, yeah, there's a young lad called Marco Jensen as well, who I don't know too much about, but he's thought to be, you know, thought of quite well. He's a big unit, I think, who can hit the ball quite hard and, mm. and, and, and bowl it quite quick. Um, but they've all been brought in, I think, to be kind of like one step behind one of the team, one of the first 11, so that if they do have any injuries and stuff, they've got somebody that's pretty decent to call, call on. But Mumbai Indians, as you say, they're my team, um, so I am a little bit biased, but they are the, they are the most um, balanced side. You mentioned some of the um, guys. I mean, the Krunal Panyas, the Surya Kumi Yadavs, the Ishan Kishans, who are really good talents anyway, are coming in off the one-day series against England where they've made the debuts and are obviously going to be quite pleased with how that went because they won the series and they did themselves proud too. So um, there's going to be a huge amount of belief in that team um, because most of the careers of uh, the players that are in that squad are going in the right direction. They've got loads of confidence. They've won the tournament the last two years. It's been um, held if they win it this time, they'll be the first team to win it three times in a row. They've got a record five trophies behind them. And the reason I got into them in the first place is because they didn't win a tournament for six years. And I quite like the underdogs. Um, and it's ruined that for me. Now they just win all the time. Um, <laughs> but, they, uh, yeah, but they've got a terrific team. Um, and I can't see... I, to put it this way, if they don't win the IPL, somebody's going to have to play very, very well to beat them. Yeah, I, I had a suspicion that you may suggest they will finish top, and I think I can't see past them finishing top. I think they're just they are well, just too well balanced and too strong. The only way the only way I see them not finishing top is if they do a Netflix series because that that series that's when they were awful, wasn't it? 
Yeah, well, they I, still I, almost did it. <laughs> well, I, I had um, Jimmy Pummett, the uh, um, fielding coach for Mumbai Indians, on the podcast the other day, and he, that was his first season. And he said that when he went in there, they'd won the tournament the previous year. And I think a few of them had kind of, they were watching the cameras more than the coaches and they were kind of getting a little bit kind of starstruck because they were well, feeling like stars because the cameras were following them everywhere. And for the first half of that season, they took the eye off the ball a little bit. And then when they got serious, they came back into it, but just missed out. But um, they're quite, they're, I mean, they're probably the most professional unit out there in, in the IPL. They've got every single base covered from, you know, in playing staff and coaching staff. Um, and yeah, you're right. I'm going to put them down as winners. Like I say, you've got most of them playing for India, and then you've got Pollard's just come off the back of hitting six sixes as well. So, I mean, Pollard's, I mean, he, he is built like a tree trunk. Yeah. I mean, you talk, you talk about um, Andre Russell, but I mean, Kieran Pollard, as a hitter, as a useful bowler of a few overs, and as a pretty, you know, a cricket brain that's in their leadership group as well, he knows his stuff. And um, yeah, he's the sort of person that is really good for the like, you know, Mahela J. Wardner is going to look at Jasper Bummer in the bowling department, Kieran Pollard for his experience, Rohit Sharma. You've got a pretty decent leadership group there, haven't you? You would like to think so, wouldn't you? You'd be a bit disappointed if not. Next up is talking of rebrands earlier, someone, a team who decided to go for the old rebrand and I hope it might bring some um, new luck to them, and that is. The newly named Punjab Kings, previously the Kings Eleven Punjab. I'll give them points there just for picking a more sensible sounding name to me. Kings Eleven Punjab never quite made sense to me, so I think Punjab Kings I can I can get behind a bit more. They finished sixth last year. From memory, started really poor and then sort of bought Chris Galen, the universe boss himself, and got a bit of a kickstart and was still in with a chance with not long to go, but. They've got Gale, they've got Puran, Jordan, Rahul, Shami, Agawal, really recognisable names. And then I've been impressed by their signings, adding David Milan, obviously world's number one T20 batsman, if you believe the ICC's rankings. They've added Jai Richardson in, he's cost a pretty penny. Moises Enriquez and Riley Meredith, all players who I know we, we loved during the big bash. Do, do we think they're going to be enough to make them genuine contenders this year? I think they're interesting. They're going to be exciting to watch. I mean, Chris Gale, you mentioned, he's always worth a watch. It might last two balls or it might last 60 and he go, walks off with 100, but he's always interesting. Um, they've got a young bowler called Ravi Bishnoi, who, um, a young leggy who bowled really nicely last time. I think he's still only 20, but he's got a massive future if uh, his kind of like learning curve continues on the same kind of trajectory. Jai Richardson and Riley Meredith coming in from Australia um, two bowlers that absolutely ripped up the the big bash. I mean, Jai Richardson finished up the leading wicket taker by a mile, but whether the Indian tracks will suit them quite as much, that remains to be seen. So the kind of jury's out a little bit on that too. Um, Sharuk Khan's a good all-rounder. Moises Enriquez comes in as a very experienced Aussie all-rounder as well. David Milan, you mentioned, um, who, I don't know whether he starts in this team, which is bizarre. Mm. I mean, it's kind of, David Milan's really weird for England. Everybody questions him, despite the fact he's world number one and he averages over 50 in T20 internationals, but people still want to get rid of him. And then he walks into an IPL team with the world number one tag, and he's probably got Poor and Gale. Um, who else is there? You've got KL the... Uh, Rahul. K.O. Rahul's going to open the batting with Mayank Agarwal, probably, because they were one of the most successful opening partnerships last season. Um, and then you've got your all-rounders lining up to come in next, haven't you? So whether David Milan gets in that side is is still um, going to be quite interesting to see. But um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. They came very very close last time um, to qualifying, 
Um, I reckon they might just fall short again, but it's, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. It's, gonna, it's not going to be a smooth ride. They're going to win some and lose some. Yeah, I think I think they may be the most exciting team of the lot. I think they're the sort of team I feel like could be could be really disappointing one game and only hit 80-90 and get absolutely hammered. Yeah. And then other games be a team who could go in at 230 or something bizarre uh, with, I mean, with that we'll, lineup. We'll talk about RCB in a minute, but Glenn Maxwell, who's obviously one of the most famous cricketers on the planet, is capable of playing some ridiculous innings and uh, bowling some tidy overs. He was absolutely shocking for them last season. And um, they've binned him off, but you can guarantee he's going to go somewhere else and probably light up the tournament, isn't he? So Kings Eleven, I think, got very unlucky with him last year and decided to offload his wages and spend that somewhere else. And obviously a lot of that's gone to buying in Jai Richardson and the like, isn't it? But... Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go because they could produce a couple of cracking games and knock a few off their pedestal um, and they could go quite a long way or they could be utter rubbish. It's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those, you, they're a team, you can usually sort of, on, all, all the teams we, we talked about so far, I've given you a fairly firm guide as to where they're going to go. With Kings Eleven, anything could happen. <laughs> Make sure we watch a bit of Kings Eleven then or Punjab Kings, shall I say. Next up is... Do, do um, you want to know where they finish? Do you want to, you want go to know on then, go on then, give us a number. I've got them in seventh. Ooh, seventh. Mm. I've gone eighth because I've been nice <laughs> to register. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up is almost, I guess you could class them as Team England. It's Rajasthan Royals, obviously famed for having Stokes, Butler, Joffre Archer, who looks likely to miss the first half, but seems hopeful that he might manage the second half of the IPL season. Uh now captain by Sanju Sampson, now that they got rid of Steve Smith. I think that was quite a good decision, if I'm being honest. Last year, we're famed, I guess, for, for Rahul Tawatia, pulling off one of the most stupendous knocks we've seen. And this year, they've added Liam Livingston's comeback. Uh, hopefully, he might get a couple of games now, maybe, but it's hard to see where. But the, the big purchase was, of course, Chris Morris, which raised some eyebrows. Other people thought it was a really good signing. They finished last... Last year, could the signing of Livingston, Morris, uh, Shivam Doob, have, have they got enough to to support that firepower of Archer, Butler, Stokes? Can can they be a team that actually really challenges this year or are they going to be the wooden spoon again? I, I They're going to need to have their um, top players at their very best, I think, to, um, to do anything in the tournament. Um, Kim Sangakara has gone in there and Kim Sangakara is a, a really good cricket brain. So he's going to be an asset to them. But I mean, Chris Morris is a signing. Um, I can't, I wouldn't um, stop any team signing him because he's a good player. You know, he can hit some fast runs at like number eight in the order and he, he bowls pretty tight overs in a T20. But whether he's worth breaking the IPL record for is a completely different debate. And I'd say no. Because he can be injured quite a bit as well. He's not got the best mm. of um, fitness records. So that's that's a big risk. It just shows you how desperate they were for somebody to kind of partner up with Joffre Archer. And then, of course, they spend um, 16.25 crore on bringing in Chris Morris. Then Joffre is going to miss a load of games, so they're not going to be able to partner up until probably at least the fifth or sixth game. They talk about him being out for four games, but he, you know, I'm not quite sure that Joffre's... Um, that close to fitness just yet. And he's a massive thing for them. He was the... Um, their best bowler by not just a country mile, but about a country marathon last year. He was just uh, in a different league for them. He bowled brilliantly. And nobody else really backed him up. So they're looking around that dressing room for a few people to stand up. They've got a few young players in there that I like. 
Um, Kartik Toyaki is a young Indian fast bowler who bowls, you know, decent licks, and uh, he, he's going to get better. Um, and working with Morris and um, and Arch is going to help that. And that's one of the joys of this tournament. You got you know young players coming through that learn off some of these uh, these megastars, and that includes some of the young overseas that go there. They learn from learn from the best as well. But yeah, I, I just that I mean, Josh Butler can be a bit hit and miss. Ben Stokes. They need to keep him fit, and when he's when Ben Stokes is hot in T Twenty, he's brilliant. But his T Twenty record isn't the best. You know, he's you look at his Test record; it's great. ODIs are fantastic. His T Twenty is his weakest link. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Rahul Tawati, that innings you mentioned last year, was one of the highlights of the IPL for me. He came in, and the commentators were talking him out. They were just saying he'd he chewed up so many balls at the start of his innings, looking like a rabbit in the headlights, and just they they basically said he needs to get out of here because he's losing this game. And then about scroll on about five minutes, he'd hit Sheldon Cottrell for 13 and over um, and had won the game and he's walking off as an absolute hero. So it kind of brought into the um, English dialect or into the cricket dialect uh, to be Tawatiad, which meant down and out and then coming back to win the game. But um, they're going to need that kind of fight this time because, uh, I mean, there are some great names in that team, but I just think as a unit, they were just lacking. And um, just final point on Rajasthan Royal, Sanju Samson's been made their captain. Now, I don't know too much about his captaincy credentials, but he's an important batsman for them. And sometimes that doesn't help, does it? If you're captain, you've got all of that on your mind. He's very inconsistent as it comes. Now, it might make him dead consistent. And he, could, he could have the best tournament he's ever had. But I just think that's a little bit of a risk. I'd have been tempted to give it to Joss Butler or somebody that was a bit more experienced. So, do we think then they are still the wooden spoon side? Are we still putting them in eighth? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. They um, their last two performances um, were seventh. Then they were eighth last year. They can't get ninth, so they're going to be eighth again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sadly, Luke, had Archer been fit for the full tournament, I'd have maybe been hopeful that they could they could they could challenge a bit higher up. But I think they're in desperate need of that major auction next year, and I think hopefully, touch wood, they may they may improve from that because. A team with so many great England players in it, it's a little bit disappointing when you see that no matter how good they play, they still finish bottom of the league. That's the reason why I've gone for seventh, just because of the, if it wasn't for Butler and Stokes and obviously Archer when he plays, they'd definitely be eighth. <laughs> I tell you, those, those three guys, if they're fit and they play well, are massively important for them. Um, they, they're the guys that could take them up from eighth. If, uh, if they play well and all three of them play well, then they could get a little bit further up. But I'm, I'm not so sure. Next up is the, te- the probably the second or third most famous team in the competition, the Neely Vans. They can't quite do it, can't quite manage it, but they're captained by Virat Kohli. Um, I know that James, like me, you um, question Virat Kohli's captaincy quite a bit, as do I. So they finished fourth last year, um, but they still haven't won it. They, they, they splash the cash, they go for these big names, but... They, they just do not manage it. They've got obviously Coley. They've got Ab De Villiers alongside him. They've added some big names again this year. Glenn Maxwell, big money spent on Kyle Jameson. They've also got Daniel Sams and Kane Richardson, who I feel might be more of a backup player. And they've got the person I'm most excited about in world cricket at the moment. Finn Allen signed for him, but I sadly don't think he'll probably play much. But again, eighteen ball fifty was it this morning? Cracking player. Can't wait to see him for Lanks. And my favourite named player in the competition, Sachin Baby. (laughs) 
Well, I just love it. So we've got Satchin's actual baby and we have Satchin baby. What more do you want? Do we think RCB might actually finally do it? I'm going to say no, but if they've got the names or they've got certainly some of the names. They've always had the names. You look back to <laughs> RCB's teams, they have always had the big stars. They've always had the kind of glitziest of squads, um, but they've always played less than the sum of their parts uh, and disappointed. The thing with RCB is they can come on and they can score 280 and they can have two centurions and they can bowl out the opposition for 45 or something like that and, and create records. And then the next week, the reverse will happen and they'll be absolutely thumped by somebody. Cause, so the inconsistency um, is legendary with them. I think, um, I mean, Carl Jameson as a, as a purchase is interesting because I don't think he's ever set a foot in India before. Um, and so despite the fact that he's had a good record with New Zealand, you know, bowling on some seeming tracks in New Zealand when the ball maybe moves around a little bit is different to bowling on the dust bowls of, uh, of, of Chennai and Delhi. So that's going to be an interesting signing because he's gone for 15 crore, which I think was the second most expensive at the auction. Um, Glenn Maxwell's gone in there uh, and he is a showman. He'll love the Rasmataz of RCB and he might thrive in that arena. And he adds a little bit of strength in the middle order for them as well, which is something they've missed. And I think probably one of the best signings at the auction was Dan Christian. Uh, we talked about him a lot, Ash, on the Big Bash. Yeah. Um, Sydney Sixers captain, Sydney Sixers won. He was at Knots Outlaws. Knots Outlaws won. I think his CPL team won as well. I think wherever he's been, um, they've been lifting trophies. So he's almost worth buying just purely on that basis. Um, <laughs> but he adds a lot of experience and he adds, um, he's a very good cricketer as well. And he knows he's away around a T20 match. So, you know, Virat Kohli... Um, is somebody that I don't rate particularly as a T20 um, captain. But he is a captain that uh, listens to players. And he'll know that Dan Christian comes in with a lot of knowledge. And he'll t- I think Virat Kohli will talk to him a lot um, as RCB go through. So I am, I'm actually, you know, it could fall flat on its face because J- the Jameson signing could be rubbish. Glenn Maxwell could have another year like he did last year. And RCB could just underachieve again. A.B. De Villiers is one of my favourite cricketers on the planet. He's capable of doing stuff that nobody else can do. When he does, when he's on song and he's playing his best cricket, there's nobody better to watch than A.B. De Villiers and Virat Kohli is not far behind him. So they've got some real match winners in that side. Um, I've got them down to finish fourth, but nothing would surprise me with RCB. They could win the competition by a mile or they could finish eighth. Yeah, I think RCB have always... They're always guaranteed to be exciting, but as you say, there's no, there is just no predicting. And it sounds daft when you've got Virat Kohli, AB de Villiers. You say, oh, I can't predict what they're going to do, but you just really, you really can't. I mean, I guess at least they are now, they look stronger in the bowling department with Siraj Saini. You've got uh, Washington Sundar, Charhal. They have got better Indian bowling options, but I think I would have them about the same. I think they'll make the the playoffs, but I don't, I just don't think there'll be enough in the knockout stages. The the problem with RCB is they spend so much money on Virat. They spend most of the rest of their purse on AB de Villiers. Now they spent the rest of it on Carl Jamieson. The rest of them have run about 10 pound a game. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because all of the money goes on three or four players and then the rest of it's kind of shared around the rest and that, you know, so you get the stars, you get the major stars, but you know, you know, some of the um, the lesser lights there, obviously good cricketers, but they're not quite of the same quality. Yeah. And last but not least, Sunrisers had Hyderabad. They finished third last year. The the team in orange, for the, anyone who's probably see, watched a bit of IPL, that's probably the most noticeable thing about them, especially when Johnny Bairstow's got his uh, ginger hair alongside. 
I, I think these are possibly the ultimate team when it comes to looking at what a great set of overseas they've got, but also what pointless some how pointless some of these overseas are. I mean, Mitch Marsh has dropped out, so he's been replaced by Jason Roy, and yeah, I don't see how on if he ever gets a game because he has David Warner, Johnny Bairstow, and Kane Williamson ahead of him, who are all going to bat in that top three surely, or would if they play them in the top three. You've got Jason Holder there as the all-rounder who did really well for him, or did pretty well for him, should we say, last year when he came in and actually took Bairstow's spot as an overseas. You've got Rashid Khan, who's nailed on to, to play, and then you've got his Afghani friends, contingent brothers with him in Mohammed Nabi and Majib Rahman, who, again, you don't... Great bowlers and great players, but again, it's hard to see where they get... They managed to get a game, and I look at Sunrisers and I think, "Wow, what a what overseas!" But then I realise that they've only allowed four, and it just seems a little bit silly. It's always been Sunrisers' problem when you've got Warner, Bairstow, and Williamson. You've got three of the best white ball players in the world cricket. Warner's won the um, the Orange Cap for the the leading batsman in the tournament three times in the past. Bairstow can smack the ball a mile. Kane Williamson's the the mo- one of the best all round batsmen in world cricket. So. Um, as you say, Johnny Bairstow got dropped last year to bring in Jason Holder, who did really well. And they came, they came from behind last year to get into the playoffs. And uh, Jason Holder was a big feature in that. But you know, if you, so, if you play all four of them, that's that's your four overseas gone. And that's before you even think about Rashid Khan, as you said. And you're not going to not play him. Um, so they actually moved Ridimin Sahar, the keeper batsman, up to open with David Warner last year. Dropped Johnny Bairstow and brought Jason Holder in at number seven. So. Um, Trevor Bayliss, I think Jason Roy's got some photographs on Trevor Bayliss. I think he's got some dodgy <laughs> pictures um, because uh, it was under Trevor Bayliss that Jason Roy got into the test team and now he's got an IPL deal out of it as well. So the negatives are basically hidden in a vault somewhere to bribe Trevor Bayliss. Um, but, I mean, it's not to say Jason Roy's not a good player, but it's just why, does, why is it Sunrisers that have bought him? Because they just don't need him and it makes no sense. Um, but Sunrisers are a really good side. They have not failed. They've um, never failed to make the playoffs in the last five um, incarnations of the IPL. They won it in 2016, third last year, and I think they're going to go a long way this time. Um, David Warner's going to be key, and David Warner's not had the best year of his career, but if he's fit and has the bit between his teeth, then um, they, their only weakness, Sunrise, is in, is in that middle order um, when they're relying on the Indian talent, and they've got some young, kind of like middle order batsmen there. Um, and they need them to kind of grow up and score runs in those middle middle overs um, because when the top order gets blown away, sometimes Sunrisers haven't got too much left to come in behind them. But obviously that top order is a very good top order and their bowling attack is one of the best in the competition. Any team with Rashid Khan in it can win games. So Sunrisers will go a long way in this tournament. They'll always be a tough team to beat and they're my beaten finalists against the Mumbai Indians. Ooh. Well, I must admit, I do think Sunrisers, I agree, got to make the playoffs. My um, outside prediction is that David Warner doesn't end up playing by the end of the tournament just because I've got, I feel like that's, that groin might not be as good as, as they may be hoping. I wonder if maybe that's why Jason Roy and the, maybe also the reason why they kept both Bairstow and Williamson. I just it's, wonder if he might not be quite that fully fit. It's nothing to do with the voodoo doll of David Warner, you've got behind you that you're sticking pins <laughs> in his groin. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, David. Um, so that's all the teams covered off. Now, one other thing that uh, people might not know, but James also runs a 
uh, sort of a betting podcast, any of the podcast looking at um, bets on not just cricket, but also other sports, golf and different things. You were really, really good, I would say, in the Big Bash League. Um, annoyed me because I'll be honest, I said, I remember saying Alex Hales, the top run scorer in the first pod we did, didn't ever think of putting a bet on it. And then when I, you told us all what the odds were available, I was absolutely kicking myself. He, he was 25 so, to 1. He was 25 to 1 to be top scorer in the Big Bash and, uh, and led it pretty much all the way through from about 10 games in, didn't he? Yeah, crazy. Um, and we won't talk about Alex Hales again because we, it's a debate that we seem to have nearly every week about the fact we want him in the England side. So we'll leave that one. But I'm looking for three tips now for for the followers because let's be honest, dude, we know full well that quite a good proportion of the North Staff League likes a bit of a gamble. Normally on oh, the football oh, lackers, oh, but oh, why not? Let's get them on a bit of a cricket hacker. Well, I'll so, tell you what. I'll tell you what, Ash. I'll give you four tips because I, I actually recorded something this afternoon. Which gave four tips, so I might as well give them to you. Um, it'd be self, selfish of me to keep them to, to myself, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so, I mean, the first one that I'm going to give you is not after what we've just said. Not the first two, after what we've just said, probably come as not too much of a surprise. Um, all of these are off odds checker, by the way, so you get the best prices that way. Um, they may change, but this afternoon they were live, so the prices are right uh, reasonably recently. But Mumbai Indians, um, they are hot favourites to win this tournament. But if they play, if every team plays its best, Mumbai Indians win because um, they just have too much for other teams. And they've got a you know, great bowling attack, top batting lineup, balance all the way through. The neutral venue side of stuff, they've got such a good squad that they can cope with that. Whereas some teams might not be able to. I think CSK might struggle with that. So Mumbai Indians to win the IPL at five to two. Not your massive, not your most um your biggest price, but if a five to two lands, it's better than an eight to one that doesn't, isn't it? So I, I think I think that lands. Um uh you can get to, for teams to make the playoffs to make the finals, all different kind of markets available. But but we just talked about Sunrisers Hyderabad. Um the fact that they've made the playoffs for the last five seasons. Um, I think they just know how to get through, how to circumnavigate a group phase to get themselves into that latter stage. And they are 10 to 11, so just around about even money um, for Sunrises to make the top four. That's happened the last five years. You know, on, do your stats, do your maths, even money shout r- roughly for Sunrises to make the top four just makes a lot of sense. Um, top batsman in the tournament. Um, there are a lot of good options for this, obviously, because you've got some of the best players in the world. But... I think Mumbai are going to have a really good tournament. They're going to make at least the playoffs if they don't win it. Um, so they're going to play a lot of games. Ishan Kishan comes into this tournament um, off the back of making his debut. He's a young lad that's just getting better year on year. He's fearless. He goes out there. He doesn't die wondering, does he? He's, he's, you know, he gets his runs quickly. Um, he's 16-1 to 1 to be the top scorer in the IPL. And... I think there's worse bets. He's going to be, you know, usually for that market, you go for a batsman in the top three, an opener or a number three, who you know are going to get in and face a lot of balls. Ishan Kishan's going to do exactly that. And uh, I think that's 16 to 1 on him is a really good price. If he gets off to a good start, you never know. He could be absolutely dominant all the way through. Um, and then the uh, the top bowler uh, market, this is a little bit of more of a safe choice. But again, it's an 8 to 1 shot that I think has got serious legs. Jasprit Bumrah is the best bowler in the world in white ball cricket. On his own surfaces in India, he knows exactly what to do. Um, you've got um, Kahisa Rabada, who won it last year, who's going to miss some of the early games. 
Rashid Khan's a, a big threat to him. Have a look at Rashid Khan as well in this market because he's worth a look. It might be worth actually just splitting your stakes between Bumba and Rashid Khan. And you've got the best paceman and the best spinner in the world game on your side. But Jasper Bumba is 8-1. to one, um, And 8-1 to one is a decent enough price on somebody that will be... He'll definitely be in the top five bowlers in the tournament. If he doesn't win it, he's not going to be far away. Great. So I'm sure Aid will be going and putting his bets on down <laughs> local Stan James on him. Other betting partners are available. Um, I'm sure you'll have a, have a little dabble, and to be fair, I'm out in a minute, so I'm sure we'll add that on. But I think, really, James, that's all we've sort of got for you tonight. But is there anything you'd like to just sort of add? Any teams you'd like to suggest our followers to support? And obviously, give give the Cricket Badger podcast a plug because it is a really, really good listen that I've loved being a part of. Oh, you just you just sold it for me, haven't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Cricket Badger Podcast, we're going to be doing a daily IPL. Um, Ash has been part of the Big Bash ones over the winter and, and part of the uh, India Against England pods that we've done over the last couple of months. But into IPL action now, doing the previews at the moment. And we come on just after every game each day, have a natter about the game and talk about whatever is uh, an issue of the day. And um, that comes out uh, around about an hour or so after each game. Every day um, as we go through the IPL, and the IPL starts on the 9th of April, goes through for a couple of months, so it'll keep me busy, keep me off the streets for a bit. <laughs> and that's what we need. Don't want to be on the streets for certain. <laughs> right, well, a big, big thank you for joining us, James. Now, we're not going to put James through the pain of joining in with the North Staff chat because I'm sure for a Yorkshireman up in Bradford, that's just going to send him to sleep. So we'll let James escape from us now, but a huge thank you for joining us, James, and Please, people, go and give the Cricket Badger podcast a listen if you don't already, because it is a really, really good lesson. Ash, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for being on my podcast, and uh, thank you for inviting me on yours. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Now, we'll... Oh, sorry, dude, cutting you off. <laughs> so, we'll go over to an advert from our sponsors, Woodstock Now, and we'll be back after this little break to chat about quickly about a couple of questions we've had off some followers, and then on to the North Staff's chat. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky. With so many options to choose from, how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Welcome back to the Down at Third Man podcast. I said it right this week, dude, so we're doing well here, we're doing well. Uh, big thanks again to James for joining us. Really good chat there about the IPL. Hopefully now you can go and give it a watch. You can have a bet on it as well and enjoy what is going to be a cricket extravaganza over the next probably two months with plenty of English interest as well. But we're going to have a little look at the rest of world cricket now. So I think it's only fair we start with India versus England. We lost the last ODI. It went close. Sam Curran tried to be the superstar. But it wasn't to be, dude. What what did you make of that last game? Um, that ending was a lot more entertaining than watching the first half of that 40 anyway. <laughs> time. Um I can't, you know, I kind of felt bad for Sam Curran because he gave it his old, didn't he? Um, you know, I was a bit thinking about the singles he was turning down at one point, but then mm. you can 
you can see why in a way, but you know, we probably were we're always just gonna be just short, but um I think the two wide ball series we've done did very well and I felt we deserved to win at least one of them. Yeah, I think we were a little bit unlucky and I think in another time and another series where you've got Wokes, you've got Archie, you've got Root, especially in that ODI team, I think you come away with a win, probably a, a bit more comfortable than maybe some some Indian fans would like to admit. I think they were three big misses. I know they missed Jadeja and Bumra, but I just think Wokes, Archer and Root as a trio offer so much more to the England side than Bumra and uh, Jadeja do, despite how good they are. I think there was two, the two like, there was one game, in, well, maybe even two actually, the one day series. But in the two series, there was at least one game where we should have won when we didn't. Mm. Um, obviously, that first one, you know, we got ourselves in, in the first day, yeah, we got ourselves in a very good position, didn't we? And then we ended up messing it up. So, um, like I say, it's, it, you know, if we can learn from it and get us ready for the, because like we were discussing Sunday, wasn't it? The, World Cups in India as well, isn't it? In? Is it 2023? 20, 23, yes. So, you know, any experience you can get in India, the RPL, you know, touring over there, whatever you, you can get, it's going to be going to play a big part. Yeah, and just a quick one, a couple of lads sort of came into that side who maybe we've not seen much of. Reese Topley did pretty well, bit hit and miss, but did pretty well. And one that really impressed me without going on and getting a particularly big score was Liam Livingston, who I thought looked really good. And for me now should be the the sort of the next cab off the rank in terms of batsman for England. I think he's probably overtaken Billings for me now. Yeah, he, he just he's just perfect for that one-day side, isn't he? The, how we play and, you know, he's like literally he's someone who can get like to get 50 off 20 balls, can't he? And, I yeah. think you know at the min- minute if he's going to get in the side, it is going to be middle order and middle to late order, um, and then obviously eventually, because weirdly we have got a bit of an aging side, haven't we? That one day we have, all, yes. They're all around the same similar age, so you know you've got to start getting a couple of these young players. I thought maybe I know because we wanted to win one of the series, but I'd like to give Parkinson a go. Yeah, for one game just to see how he goes. Um, I know it's a bit hard dropping, you know, chucking him in an indie, but that's the only way he's going to learn, isn't he? Yeah, I think um, quite a few people were upset that obviously Parkinson spent the whole winter away and didn't didn't get at least a game. I, I can't disagree. I think it is a bit harsh on him, but hopefully he's he still learned stuff from it and he can have a good summer with Lancashire that results in him getting getting a go later on in the year or possibly next year maybe. So we can hope for for Parkinson because I think he is our future spinner. I think that in white ball, I think that's pretty obvious now. We had a question in um, from Nick Maskery. Uh, always gives us a question. So Nick gave us a question that I thought was quite interesting. It might see quite a bit of debate. And that was Owen Morgan. He says, does Owen Morgan still offer enough that if he wasn't captain, he would still get in the team? Ooh, what do you think? That's a very brave question. <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes at the minute because, you know, who are you going to bring in? Like, we can bring Livingston in, but at the end of the day, he's had two games. Yes, he's done quite well in the two games. But I think I think the RPL is going to be quite a big thing for a lot of players. If, Like I say, if Morgan fails in it, and I know it's slightly different format, but it's still white ball cricket, that, you know, there is there is going to be people knocking on the door. But obviously, you know, he's, he's the main man for the job, isn't he? So he, he isn't yeah. going anywhere else just yet. 
I think, yeah, I think he's still got a year or two left in him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe we won the World T20 or worryingly maybe had a shock in the World T20. He might give up the captaincy, but I think he's st- he's going to be around, I reckon, in franchises for the next four or five years. I think he'll just keep going as long as he's injured. I'd, yeah, I reckon he's got at least another year and a bit in an England shirt. And he makes the World Cup in it, the 50-over World Cup in India. No, see, I think that's where he won't make. I don't. I just don't see him being around in two full years later. I think he, he'll definitely do the next World T Twenty. The one after is iffy, and then I think surely by that point you you would expect that that'll be the end of his of his time as captain. And if he's not captain, I'm, I don't think it's that he's not good enough to get in the side. But I just think that'd be a natural progression that he goes out to the side, then maybe goes into some form of coaching role. For, for England, but I still think he offers enough with a bat, or he, at least he has done in the last year. Obviously, he's had a poor couple of series, but he hasn't batted much for a while, so maybe, maybe, well, hopefully he'll turn it around and it won't be a discussion point until after the World T20. Obviously, there has been some other cricket going on. We mentioned Finn Allen earlier. New Zealand have beat Bangladesh. They bowled out. They had a 10-over game today at 141 and then bowled Bangladesh out for, I think it was about 70-odd. Finn Allen was the star. Um, so that was really entertaining. West Indies are currently playing Sri Lanka. They've got, they managed to rescue and get the draw in the first test. Now they're probably in control, you would say, in their second innings. They've got a lead of over 320 with... Still another six wickets to spare, but you, you never do know with the West Indies. But they had some good, interesting cricket, and Rakeem the Dream, 70-odd this Rakeem week. The dream. He's, he's moving up each week. He's going to get that turn. It's coming. I love, I love how we got 50 in the first test, and then he got dropped down to number nine. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you, but get yourself down that order, mate. Yeah. Classic bit of club cricket there. Cheers, uh, lad. You did a really like good I'm job for us last week. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, so you, you can get away with saying that. Uh, County Champs have had loads of streams on this week for friendly. It's been some interesting stuff. Sonny Baker's been bowling really well for Somerset. Um, but there's been some interesting stuff. Steve Croft, we've seen batting, obviously, for Lanks, which was nice to see. But, yeah, it's been some plenty of cricket to watch if you wanted to. Just because in- India-England's finished doesn't mean there isn't any cricket on. Right, I guess it's time we get to our favourite bit of the week, which is always all about North Staffs. Um mm-hmm. Upsetting people, people loving it. There doesn't seem to be any in between. People either seem to love the mentions their club get or seem a little bit upset with maybe some of the suggestions that we make about clubs. But this week we're going to look at H2R. Next week it'll obviously be S to W. And then it'll be time to to actually preview the top four leagues with Johnny Hancock and hopefully Chris Travers as well. So first team, Hamford. What do we think of Hanford? I'll be honest with you, I've played a lot there in the past, but I haven't played in the last year or two. Um, always all, all right, little ground. Uh, enjoyed watching England there during the World Cup. But I'll be honest, I don't really know anyone there anymore, dude. So uh, what do you uh, make of Hanford? No, I haven't. Say, obviously, when I was at Wedding, obviously, we've played against them quite a bit. But um, from what I've, I've seen, it was a lot of Asian lads, wasn't it, I think? Um I think there was a good, but probably eight or nine players. I think. Yeah, I think that's about right. And um, obviously, I don't know too much about the second team, but um, the yeah, second team fun. we played the second team a couple of years ago, and um, I think they finished top of the league and went up. Um, and I must admit, there were I think it was ten Asian gentlemen and one lady. 
Brothers. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, they, they were all very much all rounders, and the one lady was the wicketkeeper. Interestingly, can they hit uh, but, a ball and a hard ball as well? Oh, of course, mate. Of yeah. course. <laughs> but yeah, Hamford div div three and div six, uh, and yeah, nice little club. I've never had any problems there. To be fair, um, it's a nice little spot sat on that bank watching them or just up below the houses. Always thing, you know, when you've got your pads on and you just about walk into the middle and you nearly fall down the stairs. So that's always yes, the, that is always a problem. Is the problem. Yeah, you have to be careful. Next up is one of dude's many, many, many clubs, ex-clubs. It is Hem Heath. Obviously, for years, been a big side, but got relegated the other year out to the Prem. They've now got four teams, Div 1, Div 3, Div 4, and Div 8. So, plenty. still got plenty of teams, plenty of players up there. Um, got Liam Banks, of course, playing for me. You've played with, dude, and I think most people all know has obviously had a bit of first-class career and some were a bit shocked, really, that he's he's not first class this year. But whether that might change, I'm not sure, so sure. But Emmy, talk us, tell us all about it. Well, I'm not going to give Liam too much praise, like, because obviously I'll have to have a beer with him in the summer. So I don't want him listening to this and me giving him giving him loads of uh, praise on it. But obviously, if he start, you know, if he fires like you know he did last year for the half a season and what we know he can, then for me, there's, you're not you're not beating them, to be honest. They've got a good uh, young set of lads because when I was there, they were just starting to come through, and uh, now you know majority of that side is quite a, you know young lads to be fair. Um, and obviously this year they haven't got Bilal Batty, have they? But I still think this you know they should have enough to be in the top two there. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair, mate. I can't can't disagree with you. They've had a couple of faces I remember seeing as well go back to them, which is always good for for clubs like that. Next up, uh, I'm not going to call them money bags, but they, they have got money. It's uh, JG Meekins, or just Meekins as we all know him. Obviously, famed for being in the Prem for quite a while now, normally battling it out with Portail. Um, I think it's fair to say bottled it a couple of times to Portail in the last couple of years and, and missed out on the tile, ran by Menzies. Obviously a skipper, but they've got big names like Wilshaw. Um, is it Mike Hill, I want to say? Yeah. Is it Mike Hill? And they've added is it Paul Byrne, they've added the Staffordshire spinner as well. They've got so many good players. Of course, I'll give a shout-out to Sam Moores, Morsey, top lad. Uh, Morsey's obviously another good player that they've got. Uh, and they have plenty of teams as well. Obviously, they've got the Div 3 side, Div 5. They've now got one in Div 9. They play out of Fenton as well as obviously... They're really nice. I think it's fair to say it's a really nice. It might be small, but it's a lovely club. And the floodlight week's mint down there, um, just in just outside of Anley, any I guess you'd say. Yeah. What do yeah, we make of Meekins? They've got a lot of star players, haven't they? You know they'll always be up there. Um, you know this is another year where this could be their year, couldn't it? You know, last year probably should have been their year because um, well, it was between there was Longton were involved as well, weren't yeah. they? Longton were there. It was quite close, and then obviously it all come down to the last game, which has been quite good in the Prem actually the last few years because it's been quite close, hasn't it? Yeah, it's always been close. Always and then one of them was Mickey's Porter last game of the season, wasn't it? I think. It yeah. Down to. Um, but yeah, they've got a good side. You know, you're always, if you're a batsman, you'll always enjoy playing there, mate, because you can. You only have to give it a little tap and you score four. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I reckon I still struggle, mate. Yeah, I don't think you're hitting the six there, to be fair. So, um, they're a lovely ground in the good side, aren't they? I think they'll, yeah. they should be you know, easily top two or three. 
Yeah, and they've got bunched as well, so it's not fair play to them. Next up, Kids Grove. We've sadly had to go down to one side this year. Um, struggled last year to get sides out and ended up down as one, and they've, they've kept it that way this year. They're in Div 7, division I play in on Saturday. Good bunch of lads, though. They were mainly young lads with Spud and the skipper, whose name I forget, so I apologise to the skipper. He hit 99 against us and got ran out last ball as well. Unlucky. That's but true. <laughs> good, good, I know. Good bunch, though, and I, I just hope that they have a really good season. Not too good. I hope they lose to us twice, like, but, um, but I hope they have a good season. I hope as a club they manage to rebuild and get back up to two, to two teams. Yeah, like I say, um, Bit unfortunate, you know. Like I said, we weren't playing last year, um, and they had to concede the game. And even though meant we had a day on the ale, you know, you don't want to see it happening to to clubs, do you? Um, you know, the good thing is you've got the lads that there now. We're obviously lads that care about the club, so you know, if they can, you know, next couple of years just build on that side, and even you know, even if you know the sides aren't necessarily brilliant, but they've got like. You know, the local lads and then they had a couple of players in so they can have two sides on a Saturday. Um, it's just about building now, isn't it, for the next two or three years for them and hopefully they can start pushing them back up the league. Yeah, definitely. Next is, we've got them on the list as Nipersley. They're in Div 1 and Div 5. Love going up Nipersley, to be fair. Nice little ground, nice people. Um, and yeah, just always a good a good place to, to go along to, I would say. And Decent side. I don't know if they've quite got enough to to rediscover and get back into the Prem, but always been a, a good bunch and always a good day. Yeah, like I say, they, I think they've still got our, our old pro, Sonny. Um, he, he's a good lad, you know, he's a very good cricketer. And the, the mighty Mitch Edwards. <laughs> mighty uh, Mitch was, Edwards. Yeah, he was in and out of the ones, wasn't he? But I think they had a decent year, didn't they, last year? Um, yeah, they were reasonable, I think, yeah. yeah. I'd say probably like looking at mid table, aren't they? I think. Yeah. I'm giving a lot of predictions out here. These could yeah, you massively go wrong. <laughs> People are like cropping these out and going yeah. like, right, I'm gonna remember that and then yeah. show him. These could be massively the wrong when I go up and then we go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna look a bit silly then, mate. Um, so it's a lovely ground, nice people. Um like I say I don't think they're gonna be in any danger going down. Again, another prediction, but Oh god. Uh, yeah. We move on to a big club out in the Moorlands next, and that is, of course, Leek. They're in the Prem, they're in Div 5. Some great blokes down there. Tweetsies, we spoke about a bit last week. Great people. Um, I've always enjoyed playing there. It's a lovely little ground, isn't it, to be fair. It's been used by Derbyshire and stuff in the past. They have some great events on. They've got Ryan Sidebottom playing down there and some Legends match this year and stuff. And they're also a really decent team. Obviously, they're they're led by... um, Alex Maller, they've obviously got Alex Thompson, who's signed for Durham on loan, but comes back and plays some games for them as well. And just a really, a, a lovely ground to go to, a good bunch of lads, and just a strong, I don't think there's any other way to describe them other than a strong side who probably won't have quite enough to be in that top two and really pushing for the title, but I don't think they should ever be in any danger of not finishing top off. Yeah, like I say, it depends how much they can get out of like Thompson and uh, I'm guess is Mallard, Mallard's probably gonna have a full season, isn't he? You would think so, yeah. He's been, he's been made him um, obviously captain anti yeah. of the the white ball sides for staffs with Pete Wilshaw we mentioned for Meekins being yeah. in charge of the three day stuff, but you'd think he'd play most games. Thompson maybe not, which could be a, 
a bit of a hit for them, but they've still got a lot of good players and a lot of local lads as well normally, isn't they, for the league, which is obviously good to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they say they're a good side, aren't they? They're going to be, like I said, probably mid-table, but if they can get a good few runs together, they can be they can push up there. Um, but, you, you know, you're looking at your likes of Port Elmikins, aren't you? But, um, so, decent side, good good players who have played it. Very good stand, aren't they? Either minor counties or a couple of the lads have played, you know, actual county cricket for a few clubs. So, um be interesting to see how they go this year. Yeah, Lisey, uh, club in Div 1. Another nice little ground, to be fair. There isn't many grounds that aren't lovely, to be fair. I always think of North Staffs. They're in Div 1 and Div 6. No few lads we know obviously play up there. Matt Johnson, Chris Johnson, uh, Pat Wilkes, who I know has moved up there as well. Uh, did quite well, didn't they, from memory, I think, in the last couple of years. But do, do yeah, we think they've quite yeah, got enough? Probably weren't they, um, and went up from there. Um, I think, you know, not not to be horrible to Lisey, but I think a lot this year will rely on Dan Redfern, I think. If he if he's firing, you know, um they could ease, they could push up the table, but uh, you know, if he has a poor season, I think it could be a bit doom and gloom. <laughs> um, they've got a good side. They have got a good side, but you know, the standard in Div one I think is quite there's quite a bit of a difference between Div one and Div two. I think for me that's quite the the biggest difference. I think Div one sides now, if they're going to go up to the Prem, a lot better suited than probably Div two sides going up to Div yeah. one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Next is another one of Aid's X sides, and that's Little Stoke. Who've had, I'd say, an interesting winter. Obviously, they've uh, lost Spencer, who was the captain, and I guess Talisman with the bat and the gloves. Uh, great lad, Spencer, any to be fair, and obviously he's moved on to Nantwich. I think almost to help his his, staff, his goals with staffage, staffs and stuff as well. So they've still got quite a few names we know. Obviously, they've signed Tim Twigger, we know. They've got James Eccleston. Um, they're good. There's still some good names there, but I think it's going to be an interesting year because it seems like a bit of a year of sort of transition for them. So they've signed uh, Ranga Raf Nayake. I hope I've said his name right because I'm friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> um, who's coming over from, I think, Sri Lanka. Is, is there pro so they've got plenty of players um, and decent ones at that but I just don't know I really don't know a little Stoke this year because of the amount of change there's been I think it's always difficult to tell when there's been that much change well that's been quite a few changes say a lot of the lads that were there when I were there have, have gone you know there's probably only two or three now I'd say that's still there obviously James X captain this year he's going to be He's going to be big for him this year, see how he goes. We've also got him in a friendly, so... Yeah. Yeah, give a bit more oh. after that. Um, <laughs> you know, the the pro they've signed, he, he scored a ton, actually, against us. Um, very good player. Doesn't give many chances, and um, proper player, and a decent spinner as well, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, a lot's going to be on Eki and, and the pro to perform for him. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Next up is the team we mentioned who almost sort of nearly banned last year, um, which was Longton, who surprised a few and almost did it in the end, just missed out. Got some good players, of course. They've also got a, quite a few good young lads who've come through at their club, um, which which is always obviously a big help. It gives you that little bit more strength to to be that sort of, I guess, 
to be able to compete throughout a whole season because you're always going to have players missing through different things. They're in the Prem, they're in Div 3. They've signed Josh Clayton from us. I assume he'll be playing in the Div 3 side. Um, but what what do we think? Obviously, they've got plenty of players that people will know. Ed Jones, I think, still skipper, isn't he? Um, do, we, do we think they can keep it up and they can be top three again next year? Or do we think maybe it might be a step too far to do it again this year? It's tough, isn't it? Because like last year, I think the point system didn't help them, I don't think. Mm. Because I think they won the most games. I, I might be wrong, but they were, or they, you know, they might have been one off. But I do think they won the most games. But because of how you were getting increased points, like, wanted for draws. Yeah, I think was it eight points for a draw? Scoring, but you get fifteen for winning. So yeah, I think that's end up winning the most games, and they were all unlucky not to win it. To be fair, um, and it probably does help having the young lads that all seem to get on with each other, and you got that gel together. That you know you're probably enjoying your cricket more, aren't you? So. Um, and sides like if you get on a run, you then that's it, isn't it? It's hard to stop them. But you know, on paper there's probably a couple of better sides. But like I say, if they get on a run again, and they all seem like they're enjoying it down there, there's no reason why they can't win it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, next, we drop down a couple of divisions into your division, Mirif, uh, in Div Two, in Div Four. Um, I've always quite enjoyed going down Mirif. To be fair, another another club where I've always had good games, although. Got to be some comments. Last last year we played on a Sunday on their square and the grass was longer on the square than it was the outfield, um, which was interesting. One of the lads did comment about could we lend them some sheep from the, the farmer's field next door to our ground because it was a little long. Uh, but got, always had a good laugh with them, always been a good bunch of lads. Do, where do you think they'll be knocking around in your league? Do we think they'll be a, um, a challenger? To be fair, after... Last year, because last year they didn't play, did they? they yeah, didn't they didn't play last year. At all, so, I, you know, it's pretty hard to say. From the season before, obviously they struggled. Um, they struggled for numbers. And is it Dale Heath? He's left now, hasn't he, as well? Um, and he's, yes, he's, a, he's a big player for them. Yeah, he got me out last year and did about 90 against us, so I'm glad he's gone. No offence. <laughs> um, you know, if I think they're probably going to struggle, I'd say, unless they have got... A, Couple of lads in that we've you know we don't really recognise and you know have come in and probably from a very good side but I think yeah probably they're looking at they're probably going to try it for mid table aren't they I'd say yeah I think that's pretty fair mate mm. Mod Alton are next up and I think it's probably fair to say in terms of numbers one of the biggest in the league they've got six teams Prem Div three Div four Div five Div six Div and Div seven. So, obviously, they moved with Alton a fair few years ago now. Um, they play, obviously, got two pitches up at, up at Modishall itself. Really good view, as I know uh, Scott mentioned last week. And then they've got, obviously, Alton, which is the ground me and you first started at. And yeah. Nice little ground, Spencer Copeland. Lovely road, mate. <laughs> Lovely road. Um, on the bank, though. Never good feeling yeah. about that bank. Uh, but, again, another team who, I guess, will feel that they could, they could be in with a chance of have been in the conversation. You, you look at who they've got. Obviously, Sam Cowsall is captain. Obviously, ex Knots um, played a lot, of, a fair bit for staffs as well. And they've got a fair few other names. Obviously, names me and you know from back when we were kids, like the Wallies and the Spruces. But just a real good team normally, and always pretty solid. Whether they quite got it, quite got it, would you say to to challenge, or whether they'll just be another mid-table side? 
Yeah, I'd say so. That's, I think that's what the you know the obviously every team wants to win a league, don't they? That's what you you play for. But obviously, you know, there's only one team that's going to do it in there. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd say mid table. You know, the good set of lads, aren't they? Like you know, they always wherever you play against them, you always have a decent game. I've been out with a few of them after games and stuff around Stone and. Um, exactly. yeah, just you know, we, we've always gone on with the volleys, haven't we, and the spruces. So, um, yeah, I think good set of lads, and you know, very very good side. It's always cold at Morris, although. Yeah, it is always cold. <laughs> always cold. Yeah, yeah, and I still hate them a little bit for the other year when England played Scotland. It was peeing it down, and you can see for miles there. So you knew it was peeing it down for hours, yeah. but they really wanted to get the win for try and push themselves up the table, and they would not call it off, and then they called it off. And typically, the time they called it off meant that we just missed the last-minute equaliser for England. So, yeah, <laughs> just upset me that day. Not holding that grudge, though, are you? Not holding it at all, but fucking hell. Um, right, Newcastle and Hill, four teams, another big club, another team that often often do quite well, to be fair. And, again, another nice club to go along to. They've got Asif Raza in, who we know is a good player. I'd imagine there'll be another team in Div, Div 1 who are probably going to be there or thereabouts, but maybe not quite. But it's, again, it's always difficult to say, isn't it? But nice place to go to. Always a nice day out there, I'd say. So, say if you can get that Assy Fraser firing, then I can remember that year and a half played against him. He got over 100 wickets in a season. And then, you know, if if, he's, if he gets going, then they, uh, they'll be a very good side. So, um, But, yeah, I think they're quite a, a good... Like amateur side, really, aren't they? When you look on mm. paper, they, I reckon I reckon they could be a, a dark horse and being up there. Yeah. Next up, we'll keep the next one short because we've probably mentioned them a fair bit recently, and that is Norton and Ailes in Div Two. I think it's fair to say probably favourites for Div Two. Um, although they don't agree with us saying this, probably splashed the cash a little bit to try and get promotion. I'll say it, it seems that way. Um, signed quite a few players from Kidsgrove. They've obviously got decent players anyway when you look at Cashy Valley Moon. Um, and Ben Mark might play the odd game when he's not playing for Leicestershire for them. As well as the players they've obviously already got, which were very decent when you've got players like Alex Forley and Furnival and Joe Wag. You're not going to be... You're not exactly a bad team, I think. Yeah. New scoreboard as well as they like to tell us about. Yeah. They're going to be up there, aren't they? It's a... You look, I had a look the other day, and you look down and that one through eleven, they're probably going to have, and it's it's a very good side, isn't it? So, um, I've actually, you know, it's quite a nice ground to go to, and it seems to have been the last couple of years we've had it quite quite hot days actually mm-hmm. when we played up there, and you know they've always they always do actually treat you well, they, you know, after a game they'll bring you some beers in and in a jug and stuff. Yeah, um, as much it's just obviously they've got a very good side, and it's not one of the games as a bowl. You you. You're looking at thinking, oh, you know, I might get, I might get an ask five or six for today. It's one of them games where you think, you know, if we're going to win, it's going to be, it's going to be an odd game. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I give them stick for the fact for splashing the cash or whatever, they are a great bunch of lads. We played them in a Sunday friendly last year, and it was an absolute mint day. We had a right good day, right good laugh. We played through the rain at times and ended up in the sun, finishing the day. Lovely little sunset. Barbie on the go, beers on the go. It was a really Good day, and they are a great bunch of lads. So I don't, I don't um, wish them any harm. I, I, I hope they do well. I hope they do well in your league. No offense, dude, because yeah, they are behind, a good bunch. Just behind us, yeah, just behind you. They can take second behind you, boys. But yeah, they are a great bunch of lads. So 
fair play to them. Oakmore, uh, Div 2, 6, 8 and 9. They've, they've added some younger teams, which is always good. Very scenic place to go. Um, the Worthington Davis. Um, shout out to Mark who listens to us, who's grand, I believe it's his granddad, the ground's named after. Um, and he now plays there. And Yeah, Oakmore, I don't think they've necessarily got any particularly big names, you would say, but still, still always a very competitive side, always good game of cricket with them. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you want to add much more now. Come on, uh, they surprised me last year actually. Now, will you? They um, there were some games when they absolutely battered sides as well. They were getting like two forties, two fifties, and you know, battering them. And um, that was another last last year though. That, that was freezing when we played there. <laughs> yeah, it's either freezing or baking up there. I always find there's yeah. no in between. Um, but yeah, I think you know they they are attracting quite a few players actually, aren't they? Because they've yeah. got quite a few sides. Um, for you know, for being out there, really, mm. um, they are so they're doing well as a club, and they're, they've got a decent side in Div Two, I think. Again, probably mid table, but you know, if they get on a little little run, um, like they did last year, actually, from, from coming up from Div Three, they've they actually had a very good season. Yeah. Next is a side only in Div Four and Div Seven, so I am. Um, Nice little ground, to be fair. Uh, moved across from the other side of the road. Lovely golf club and pub next to the door to it. Uh, always seem a decent bunch of, bunch of people, to be fair. Played with quite a few of them on Sundays and stuff as well, to be fair, at Wedges and played against a fair few of them. And they're always a good bunch. I uh, think they will probably be aiming to be, you would get, I would guess, probably mid-table to top off in both leagues, but... Pro- probably shouldn't feel face any real trouble in either league. Then there's Port Hill. Port Hill, obviously, massive club. Probably, the, I would say, probably the biggest club locally um, in the Prem. They're in Div 2. They won the Prem, obviously. They've won the Prem several times now uh, under the leadership of Johnny Hancock, who we'll have on in a couple of weeks. Div 2, they won that under the leadership of the Hassets. Um, did well there. And then, obviously, they've still got teams in Div 4, Div 7 and Div 8. Loads of youngsters coming through. Great club, probably the best club. If I'm being honest, to go on a Sunday and watch a T20 and have a few few pints because it is a lovely place. Great people there. I mean, I know the Allisons, the Tattons, the Chortons, Charlie. Great chairman, to be fair, and great it's got bunch. Nice of, sitting area, aren't it as well? Yeah, right? got a nice sitting area. It's just at the top of the road from where I live, yeah. so you'd probably say I should play for them. But I'll be honest, I don't think they need someone as shit as me when they've got so many players. <laughs> Um, and it, it is just a great place, and so I find I struggle to find a bad thing about them, other than the fact they keep winning. For, <laughs> like, you know, the team in our league, they're technically their second team. You know, if, if they took to pro in that side, which you know, they, I don't obviously I don't think they can have an overseas, can they? Or can they? I think they could do if they wanted to, because they're in a div, they're in a first team division. But yeah. um, I know they're very proud of the fact they don't pay anyone in that side, and yet it's yeah. still more than competitive by oh, the yeah. fact that they went to two. Like amateur wise, they're you know, brilliant, aren't they? One to eleven, and if they shut that pro in, they they'd be a, they'd be a very good side in Div One. So, and obviously the first team are always going to be up yeah. there on. Yeah, you got Ben Cotton, you got Coxon as well. Yeah, Coxon. Not having a pro this year, which I think is probably a smart move with everything that's gone on and having Coxon instead is probably a, a great idea, to be fair to them. So, most of the teams do well, don't they, all the way down. So, 
Yeah. Every team's going going places. And then last but not least this week, Road Park. One of my favourite grounds, I dare say. Always seems to be hot when we play there. It's a lovely little scenic place. Not sure about the tree in the middle of the pitch, I'll be honest. Although (laughs) you don't mind when you tickle one and it hits the tree and you get given four when you know it was going straight to the field that was getting cut it off and you're only going to get a single light. But a uh, lovely little place. Always got on well, to be fair, with some of the people there. Uh, Cheadles there have always been good people. So, yeah. So, it's not too far from mine, actually, really. You yeah. don't realise how close it is. And, um, like I say, every... They've played the last two or three years. And every time... I'm going to jinx it now. Every time it's been baking off. It's been lovely. Um, you know, we had a good game against them last year. Um we won, I think in the, in the end we won quite easy, but it was it was quite a good game. Um, always got on with them. Lovely ground, lovely you know, bit in it for both. Um, yeah, it's just the tree, and it's just the trees of every now and then. <laughs> but you, you can see past it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got good eyes, you might be able to see past it. <laughs> right then, so that's North Staff Club's HR done for us this week. We'll be back next week to talk about S to W, um, and that should be should be good because there's some. Good teams in amongst them ones, including Wedgwood, of course. Uh, <laughs> some might say not, but there you go. So the last thing for today, as always, is our Room 101. Now, this week, we're going to have it from Dude himself. He's, he's come up with one. I think it's one that many will agree with. So what is it, dude? Well, I always think that after a game, even if it's for, what, 20 minutes, half an hour, at least four or five lads should stay down after a game and... Even even if it's a soft drink, you know you don't mind a soft drink if someone doesn't drink. Nah, I have a lager, lad. Oh yeah, well some people obviously might not drink for medical reasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they should at least stay for twenty minutes, half an hour, have a drink, put some up towards you know helping local clubs out behind the bar. Not much ask is it just to stay for one drink, uh, especially after you know using their facilities and all that. They do the teas for you. I know you you're paying for them and that, but you know there's still people you know putting their time up to do all these things. So, yeah, I think um, not staying behind after a game. I think it's a a bit village. (laughs) Fair enough. I will put that to the poll, as always. Last week's poll, obviously, Scott said he wanted to limit transfers for for youngsters in the local leagues. And unsurprisingly, I think we'll all agree there. I think the majority went with there should be a limit. You shouldn't have youngsters changing side every year, which is pretty fair enough. And that, dude, is us done for another week. The joys. Hopefully people enjoy this week's. Right, I've hopefully. Got yeah, right. hopefully Jono makes an appearance next week for us. Um, see if he can last the full the full length of the, the episode as well. Touch wood. Hopefully he will be with us. Um, and next week with us, we should have Gary Stanley with us. Obviously, everyone knows Gary. Mr. Yeah. Spider Bats himself. So I'm sure he'll have a few good stories for us because he always has a good story for us when you go in the store. Um and I'm sure he'll be really a good person to talk to you about. Obviously, we'll have a, might have another little bit of a chat about the IPL and things and wheel cricket in general. And I think everyone knows his supplied kit for, for all of the top players. So I'm sure that'll be interesting. And yeah, including <laughs> me and you. Yeah, and he, um, I no doubt as well, he'll also be really good to talk about some of them sides, especially Sandford, of course, um, the North Staff sides. So, big thanks to everyone who's listened. As always, please give us a follow. Give, subscribe to us. Please give us a review if you can. It really helps us. And a big thank you, as always, for listening. Big thanks to Woodstock for their support. Don't forget their discount code, or our discount code, should I say, for their website. 
get yourself some money off. And please, please support our chosen charity, Cardiac Risk and the Young. Give them a donation or just giving page. And then if you donate more than two quid, me, do Jono, whoever's nearest to you will come and bring you a bat sticker to stick on the back of your bat. Hopefully, Steve Croft's going to be showing off his bat stickers in the next couple next few weeks in the beginning of the county champ season. So you can you can be just like the pros. Thanks to us, guys. But big thanks for listening, guys. Have a really good week, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah.